Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome into Nuanas Now, your one stop shop for all things sports. Around the Treasure State each and every day right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio as he does each and every Monday. And as we do each and every Monday, we got a huge show for you. This is always the day where we have to unpack a lot of stuff, but this is actually even more to unpack because of Montana State's delays uh, with the COVID issues that canceled the Idaho State games, Montana State didn't actually play till Friday night after this show. So we got a pair of Bobcat games to recap, as well as some Grizz hoops, some Lady Grizz hoops, and a look all the way around the Big Sky Conference. As we do each and every Monday, we will kick off this Monday show with the Montana Basketball Hour. is proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank also going to be one of our great sponsors that's going to send us to March Madness. So we are headed on the road a little bit less than a week from today. Pretty crazy that it's already here, but <laughs> today's March 1st. It's amazing how you can live in the middle of a winter wonderland in Montana, and it's it's March 1st. Uh, for people that don't know how radio works, a lot of our commercials are very seasonal, especially Missoula Broadcasting Company. We are completely exclusively locally owned and operated, so we always try to get our clients uh, fresh ads. Well, March 1st is the day where everything kind of crashes into itself because you have all these ads that still mention winter. It's still winter outside, but then you want to start talking about the spring, but we know that might be two months away still. So it's interesting to unpack all of it, but we will talk a whole bunch of 
uh, talk about atypical spring football in the second hour as well. The Big Sky Conference got underway with three games over the weekend on Saturday. I actually watched all three of them while I was doing some hoops coverage as well. And uh, it was fun getting to watch them. I, it was a, a dichotomy to be sure because I was so glad the Montana schools weren't playing, yet still so glad to watch teams I was familiar with. So we'll get into all of that as well. Riley, you're back from Pocatello. How you doing? I Great. Survived a great weekend trip to Pocatello, the Ritz-Carlton five-star resort down there in Pokey. <laughs> the weather was great. No, all of those things were false. It was poor weather. It was uh, uh, interesting games that the Grizz did come back with two wins. So it was nice. But I tell you what, today when I woke up, it was different, man. I mean, yep. number one, it's March Madness. It has that different feel for what we like doing because our favorite time of the year is tournament time. And thanks to all of our great sponsors are going to help out Stockman Bank at the top of that list with sending us the next two weeks to Boise and then down the road in CA tournament, all of those things. But uh, then the weather, you look outside, there's sunshine. There's blue sky sure. in Missoula. We're not used to that. I always love in March and April, and, and you're the same way because you do both activities with me. So more of, okay, today do I want to go golfing or do I want to go skiing? Yeah. Because both are in play. That's kind of where we're at in March. When everybody asks me, what do you do in Montana? Like people are from other places. It's like, what do you do other places? There seems like there's all of the things to do in Montana. Maybe there's not all the restaurants and shopping that you might have in Los Angeles, but I'll take being able to ski and golf within the same week anytime. Let's get through some stuff before we get into the Montana Basketball Hour. If you want to watch or listen live, that's easy to do. All you have to do is go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. Stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you want to give us a call or shoot us a text, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. One thing we're going to start tomorrow, I finally got my Grizz Greats paintings that are framed back. So I know I've been teasing this a little bit, but we have this super cool custom one-of-a-kind painting of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson. And this thing retails at four figures at least. We're going to be giving this away to one lucky listener slash viewer. So you're going to want to remember 406-361-3688. I think we're going to do something we've never done around here. We're going to do a text-to-win contest. You're going to be able to enter by giving us some of your greatest Grizz football memories via text. There's a promotion that's going to run all the way through March and into April because I think that once April rolls around, we will have more football on the docket as well with Montana hosting a game on April 10th. But stay tuned for that. That's a tease for a little later on. But let's get to it. Let's dive into the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. Riley, you were on the road this week with the Grizz. They went to Pocatello. Uh, It was not pretty basketball. Idaho State loves to junk it up. Montana loves to just grit their teeth and play hard defense. This was not a game if uh, either game was not games that you love if you love scoring, but at long last finally Montana gets the sweep they've been looking for for a really long time and this is of big consequence cuz you might grumble and say oh it's just Idaho State. Montana's now beat Idaho State 21 times in a row. So you don't want that that streak to end. Idaho State is better than they have been uh in the last couple years at least. Definitely Ryan Looney's best team. This is his second season at the helm. But uh, I think that we've been talking for a really long time about this Grizz basketball team, the the confidence level or lack thereof, their ability to truly finish, because to me, so many of their losses have been mental, not physical. And you could say 59-58 on Saturday. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't, you know, any sort of uh, fanfare to write home about. But they got it done. They're 2-0 this weekend. And now... 
all of a sudden, a team that was entering the weekend tied for ninth is sitting there in a position for a bye in the Big Sky Tournament. It's pretty crazy to think about. We were going through scenarios. I'm a nerd when it comes to all this. So before last week, I was figuring, okay, what are potential options for what this Grizzly team could do if they go 4-0? That's the first disclaimer with all of it. And then you start figuring them out. And we'll get into all the scenarios later on here in the Montana Basketball Hour. But yeah, now, now it's right out in front of them that they can get one of those first-round buys. I think the long story short of this is this team finally put together 75 good minutes of basketball. I'm not quite going to say they'd put it together for 80 because they nearly squandered away down in Pocatello. I think for people that probably didn't watch the games or listen to them, they would just look at the final score and say, man, those games were extremely ugly. Well, that comes with a little bit of a pre-nomer here in the sense that Idaho State, they love to ugly the game up. It's long possessions. Think for Virginia without as polished of offense. That's the best way I could describe it. They, they want to draw out possessions. It's a race to 50. It's a race to 60. So Montana was able to break through and play Idaho State's game, really. And a lot of things that come from it to me was progress in the sense for Montana, not only that they got the sweep, it would have been catastrophic in a lot of different ways if they would would have lost one of these games because it would have ended a street to Idaho State. It would have made them vulnerable to pretty much everybody. I, under 500, you can't reach any of these milestones. You're going to be sitting at the 7-8 seed. You can't get any momentum going to Boise. So it was very big for all of those reasons. What I saw progress-wise with Montana, I'd be curious to get your take on this, is it was the first time all year. We have been talking about, right, that this team, when they play together, that good things can happen. Sure. But that just hasn't been the case. This was the first time all year where I got the sense that the team was okay with it being somebody different each night because sure. that was a great example of it. Josh Bannon erupted. He continued his torrid pace. Fifth straight game in double figures. He had 19 and 13 on Thursday. He led the team. Saturday, never scored. Didn't have a shot in the first 18 minutes of the game, but yet he was the happiest guy on the bus. The Grizzlies passed the torch. Robbie Beasley didn't score on Thursday. He erupts for 18 first-half points on Saturday. So it was the first time I saw that. Does that mean that this team can go make a run in Boise? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it was progress for the first time where, okay, it wasn't a setback Saturday with, oh, here we go again. Now they have a point where they can build from a little bit. Curious your thoughts. Well, I think that the, the reason we've been so critical of this team, particularly I have been so critical of this team, is that on one hand, again, I understand all of the circumstances at hand, whether it's COVID-influenced situations or just the, the way that the roster reconstruction has worked out because Montana is objectively very young. They are objectively very inexperienced with each other. That said, to me, Montana should be and was pretty recently considered one of the rising mid-major programs in the Western United States. That's the potential this program has. That's the potential that Travis DeCure has to lead this program to. Therefore, I have always thought that the circumstances throw them out the window. There is no excuse to be losing to teams that are also rebuilding that aren't Weber State or Eastern Washington. In other words, to me, it does not matter how far you have an uphill climb to get to the back to the point where Montana was in 2018. They do have a climb. They have laid the foundation. They have a lot of really good young players. Regardless, though, you can't lose to Idaho State, period. Point blank, period. You just can't. They can't lose to Idaho. We're going to get into that this from this last weekend. I I straight up, this is this is full disclosure. It was my brother's 30th birthday this weekend. I fully went to dinner on Friday night without my phone or anything, fully expecting to just read a box score that had Montana State oh, winning easily man. by 19. 
Then I'm scrambling after we're done with dinner. I'm like, well, I got to write something up because this is amazing. Idaho hasn't won a game in 20 games and they lost to Montana State. We'll get into that in a minute. All I'm saying, though, first of all, Cats, Grizz, different levels of programs at this exact moment. But I just think if Montana wants and needs to be where they need, where, where we expect them to be at, you have to shoulder those high expectations. And we've talked about the way that high expectations influence the narrative of this team. But that said, it, it's like when we were walking out of the gym after the Northern Arizona loss, Losing to a Northern Colorado team that has some veteran guys that has had success in the league that has established itself as a team that can win in the postseason that is one of the top-tier teams, that's okay. Getting blown out by Eastern Washington, who's the defending league champs, you can still stomach that a little bit. You can't be losing to teams that aren't good and don't have strong programs right now like Northern Arizona, Portland State, and in this case, Idaho State. That's a huge turning point for the Grizz. I don't think that they realize... I think that what you don't know, you don't know. And it's so hard to know how much how much better everything about Montana's program is than almost everybody in the league when you're playing in empty arenas. It's so hard. I mean, even though you can tell, okay, our arena is nicer than theirs, there's still zero people in the arena. There's actually more people in Idaho State's arena than there, than there is in Dahlberg Arena. So I think that there's just certain things that's hard for the guys on the team that are new to comprehend. But I also think that these are the games that you had to have. You knew with the scenario, the way everything was playing out, you, you basically get it taken to you by Weber State and Eastern Washington for three straight games. But now you sweep Idaho State and you have Idaho upcoming, and now all of a sudden you have a chance to ride several games. I mean, if, if Montana goes into the tournament having won five out of seven and one of those wins is against Weber State, that's huge for their confidence. And I think that's been the thing that's been eluding them this whole season is just that moment where they feel wow, we actually are Montana. We actually are the top dogs. That is so well put. And I think that maybe in late December and early January, we were talking about it, but maybe not putting into detail like you just said, as far as knowing what it means to play for Montana. Knowing that Montana does not lose to Idaho State, it doesn't matter if you can list off 10 different reasons why Idaho State might get Montana this year. It doesn't matter. It can't happen. It can't happen. That's why that Northern Arizona loss was catastrophic. And I think even more so, let's just say it, it's kind of been maybe the elephant in the room. The Big Sky this year after the top three is not very good. It's I'm just, I'm just yeah, it's, I'm just going to say it right now. And that is why it is more frustrating that Montana cannot be that next team in the mix. I think it should be realistic this year, and I tell me if I'm speaking out of turn here, but Montana should be fourth in this league. They should, and the thing that's crazy, though, is that they might be. By the time <laughs> right? the dust settles, they might be. Which is crazy to think about, and through all of the ups and the downs with this team, I, yes, to have a down year, a down year for Montana and a rebuilding year, I've tried to avoid that word, but it's, it's the truth in a way, a slight rebuild, but retooling the roster, I think, would be the best way to say it, is what it, what is realistic for a rebuild for Montana compared to a rebuild for Idaho State? It's different. For Montana, you still need to be competitive, win a couple games maybe you're not supposed to, and still finish in the top four in the league. Well, because you're bringing, even if your players are freshmen and sophomores, you're bringing in guys that are way better than anybody else in the league can get. Robbie Beasley's not considering going to any school in the Big Sky Conference except for maybe Weber State and Montana. That's it, That's right? That's it. That's it. And I think that... I mean, Eastern, even Eastern Washington. Shantae Leggins is a good recruiter, but they develop their guys way more than they actually recruit ready-made guys. Like, Travis DeCure is the only guy in the league right now that has recruited half of his roster that are plug-and-play, ready to compete at this level when they are day one on campus. I won't reveal the names, but I had a 
interesting conversation with a couple of Grizz basketball players in Pocatello, and I think this really sheds light on what we're trying to talk about where you don't understand with no fans in the stands how Montana is better than the rest of the league when it comes to just tradition, everything in between, stadiums. There's a couple guys that said, oh, yeah, you know, it seems like every Big Sky school and every Big Sky city is the same. And, and immediately Nick Halsey and I looked at each other and go, no, 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 no. You don't no, realize. No, 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 no. You don't. But that is exactly what some of these newcomers feel for like. Sure, for sure. They it, don't know any better. It's the biggest obstacle that Montana in every single sport over the last 10 to 15 years has encountered. The balance between knowing that you have way more clout than everybody else in the league, but not feeling like you're entitled to wins. I think that's the number one problem the Grizz football team went through. Because they had so many different coaches and so many different messages, everybody kept talking about the, the reign of Montana from 95 through 2009, and they missed the part of how hard the work was to get there. They, they thought because we play at Washington Grizz, because we are Montana, we're just going to be able to go roll Sac State. You have to go beat Sac State. And so that, that's been, I think, the most delicate balance here is the fact that you have to have the confidence of, of the pride and tradition of being a Montana Grizzly, but you also then have to understand that it do, it's not given to you. And I think that that's, that's I think that these guys on this Grizz team, though, if they can stick it out, and I know there's been so much roster overturn already, but if these guys can stick it out, they will have such a uh, awesome experience down the road because they've already endured what was the worst of the worst years, from it's, a record standpoint and an experience right, standpoint. Exactly, man. And like, it, there's just the little things, man. Like the fact that you know these guys are college kids, man. Like it, you, you lose a game on the road and you get home. Usually, you go kick it with your buddies. Go play video games or whatever. You know, you can go over some girl, invite some girls over your house or whatever you want to do. That's not happening. So there's no way for these guys to experience all that. But like talking to some of these guys, they haven't been to all the cool places downtown. They don't know what it's like, you know, after a big win to go out and hang out with people and like have the community embrace you and celebrate you. So I don't know. I think that that's, it's been a huge factor, but I just think, I think it's a delicate balancing act. And I think it's something that has affected a lot of programs around the Montana athletic department. I think so as well. And when we've been trying to find the reasons why, and we talk about, okay, what's wrong with this squad? We said inconsistency a lot, right? What makes Montana, Montana? They are consistent. And that's the biggest difference. That's the one word I can use. They're consistently at the top of the league. It's a, consi- it's a constant that you can rely on Montana to be at the top. And that's why it has been so shocking. And you can throw turmoil around a lot of different things. But th- the reason why, I mean, three, four games where Montana just wasn't themselves. We finally felt like it a little bit last week. And I thought that conversation, though, was certainly revealing with these guys not knowing the difference between Pocatello and Missoula. I mean, in the sense, eh, it's all the same. Exactly, and that, that's what I think is going to be so hard to reinforce, but also will be easily reinforced uh, if these guys just stick it out and stick around. You're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. We're bringing you the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Sockman Bank of Montana. When you bank with Sackman Bank, you receive personalized customer service. Their highly skilled and personal bank staff is dedicated to making it easy to transfer your accounts and meeting your overall financial needs. Blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technologies, they provide time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. 
We're going to get back to the Grizz and where we're at with the standings and some other seating scenarios and things like that. But first, got to touch a little bit on Montana State. So Montana State has had basically a nightmare last month. And again, I know that circumstances are uh, influential, negatively influential on everybody in the league right now. But this last run, just the cancellations combined with the people that they had to play in the middle of it has made it so the Montana State all of a sudden has their backs against the wall. So the Cats were supposed to play the Grizz January 28th and February 1st. Those games were called off, so they had a, uh, a break. Then they get back at it by playing Weber State in Ogden, got swept. Played Eastern Washington in Bozeman, got swept. So now you're staring a four-game losing streak in the face. But you think, okay, we can get right. Then they have COVID-19 protocol issues amongst their coaching staff. That's one we haven't seen yet where the coaching staff was quarantined and the players weren't. So now you got guys that are like doing individual workouts, but it's just like the inmates are running the asylum. There's, I mean, you know, guys are shooting around or whatever, right. but they can't have practice. They can't prepare. There's no scout. You can do all the jump shot drills you want, but you're not getting ready for an opponent. And then after 11 days off, they got to go to uh, the University of Idaho and play in the final weekend in the history of Memorial Gym, which I believe is the oldest gym in the Big Sky Conference. And uh, they fall on Friday night. And, I mean, it was a confluence of events. You saw a team that looked rusty, that looked not sharp, that looked like they hadn't practiced in two weeks. And... For the first time in more than seven years, they did not hit a three-pointer. Idaho hit a handful of them, and that proved to be the difference, 74-69. Montana State bounced back yesterday. It, I mean, it's crazy to say you have a must-win game against a one-win team, but it was a must-win Absolutely game. They was. could not lose that game. And they didn't play tremendously well, but they also got it done, and they snapped their losing streak. So now Montana State, they're sort of sitting in Limbo. They were in the driver's seat. They've completely fallen from the driver's seat, and now they have a pretty consequential series against Sacramento State this weekend in Bozeman. Montana State, well, I'm glad, first off, that you got to celebrate Brooks's birthday because this is why we make a great team yep. because on Friday... In Pocatello, with nothing else to do, I watched all 40 minutes of that game where Idaho beat Montana State. Ironically, it's actually the two teams that the Grizzlies have not seen yet this year. Of course, the series canceled with MSU. Supposed to play Idaho here this weekend. But, man, the Cats look completely out of sorts from just... uh, And it makes sense with the coaching staff having the COVID issues because just being on the same page, losing guys defensively. Coulter, when you go 35 days without a win, that's what Montana State went. When Unbelievable. You ta- when you talk about their two weekends canceled and then playing the top two teams in the league in Weber and Eastern Washington, 35 days between wins, you kind of lose that mojo. I think it's an, obviously an understatement, but they, they're they a different team than what we saw when they were 6-0 and at the top of this league and going everything in between. With where MSU's at, to try and pick up this momentum again, and it's a circumstance of the season, right, with where we're at with COVID, they looked so out of sorts on Friday. I know they came back and, and got it done on Sunday. Sure. But can this team right the ship to be an actual contender? Are we still, are we now, is it fair, and I'm asking you this, or is it fair to group them in that kind of four through eight range? We know the top three, yeah. Eastern, Weber, and Southern Utah. I, I'd be shocked if those three teams yeah. aren't in the semifinal on Friday night in Boise. But, I mean, was Montana State still in that next year? Here's, here's my analysis of Montana State. I think Montana State is the most volatile team in the league and in the tournament because they have they're they're a three headed monster that is Xavier Bishop, Amin Adamu, and Jabril Bello. If Bello can stay on the floor, those three guys 
can go out and get you 60 to 70 points in a game. They can. They have before. Adamu is the biggest microwave scorer in the league. Truly, he 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 takes he is such a freak athlete. He takes so many sort of out of control shots, but sometimes he just gets straight cooking. Like on Sunday he was just cooking. He made 7 shots in a row and he'll, you know, he'll take this fall away 12-footer off the bounce or get to the rim and shoot a reverse lay behind his head. But sometimes when he gets it rolling, that's why he has the highest single-game point total in the league, 36 points. If you got a dude that can go off for 36 points, he can win you a tournament game, period. The problem is, though, finding the happy medium. Because Adamu's averaging about 16 a game. Sometimes it's 36, sometimes it's 8. How do you find the happy medium? Bishop, to me, is one of the most unique players in the league. But when other teams decide to go at him defensively, how does he respond? Because his greatest advantage is his speed and quickness, but he is only like five foot six. That's an advantage for other teams to go at him if they want to roll like that. And then the third factor is Bello. Bello could, should, and sometimes is the best big guy in the league. He also oftentimes is not. One is foul trouble, two is because he folds under competition. And I don't know why. Tanner Groves ate him alive during the Eastern Washington series. Sometimes he looks like a man amongst boys. Sometimes he has a really hard time staying on the court. So I just think if those guys get their best, if, if the Montana State can get their best from their three best guys, they're absolutely a contender to either get a bye or say they get the sixth seed then to win a tournament game and then be a, a tough out in the 3-6 the game, say. But I just think it's all about matchups because I think that we don't know how Montana Montana State match up. That's an intriguing one. I do think Montana State kind of matches up well with Southern Utah just because they both have veteran backcourts. And they didn't play, so we don't know for sure. Right. We already know that Montana State doesn't match up well with Weber State or Eastern Washington. So to me right now, the Cats are just completely dealing with the draw. But they had to have the win yesterday, and now it'll be interesting to see how they react against Sac State. But I just think that the Cats actually have – a really high ceiling, but they also have a really low floor. And we saw the floor on Friday. They lost the worst team in the country. 355 in the net rank. I just, I couldn't believe it. Starting to put my board together for the U of I. Because Montana State's got the talent. And there's one key guy I want to ask you about. And it's Bello. Because the guards... The guards are as good. I mean, we know that. Bishop and Adamo. Those guys, they're going to give you some sort of production every night. To me, when I watched your Bill Bello, and you've watched more games than I have, but the games he's had against Montana and some games that I followed along just randomly, it seems that he really needs help creating his own bucket. So to me, and it's very fitting going into this weekend's matchup, because in the next segment, we're going to talk about all conference teams. And there's a guy in there. I'll just bring it up right now. If you switched a Jabril Bello with an Ethan Esposito, Sure. Okay. Would Bello be able to be as big of a, have as much production in a Sacramento State-like offense? My point is, I feel that the exceptional guards from Montana State feed him and set him up a lot. I mean, he's been able to play with Harold Frey, Bishop, and Adamo the last couple of years, right? So if you switch those two around... What's that do to Esposito's role? Because Esposito, to me, he's a first-team first, first all-conference performer sure. right now, top five in the league in scoring and rebounding. If you flip them around, what would that do to Bello? Because I just think it's an interesting question. It's very fitting that they're playing this week as well. And so much of this goes back to style, too. I, I The thing that drives me so crazy a lot of times, and I'm not saying that, that I know more than these coaches or anything like that, but a lot of times... Coaches decide we run this system and they won't allow players to play outside the system and they won't add things to the system to accentuate players' skills. To me, 
I don't know why you don't run high pick and roll with Jabril Bello and those two guards at least 10 times a game. All day. But they hardly do. They, they In the half court, they, they kind of move it around. They get him the ball sometimes. But he's not like a Martin Broining or, or Jake Wiley-style post scorer where he's going to do all these nice moves and have a, a hook shot. He needs to be able to get it where he can use his power, you know, power dribble, Put it off the glass. Positioning. Ball, yeah, where he gets throw the him ball, a lob, you know? Yep. you know? Cause he's he again, he's not that pulse of a post score, but he's the one of the only guys in the league that's six nine two fifty. So like just throw him the ball. Uh I just uh I don't know. I think that there's there's certain missing elements, but I do think that the cats have been impacted by circumstance as much as anybody. And I also think that they're be I mean the fact of the matter is that I think that they're haunted by demons of the past. At, at the end of the day, Montana State, the trend is, and I know this this is um, mostly not part of Danny Sprinkle's uh, doing, but the trend since I started covering Montana State basketball more than a decade ago has been fast starts and slow finishes. They always win in January, and they always lose in February, and they always stumble into the tournament. Why? What's the deal? What's, I, but I just, again, I, I don't want to go all the way down the rabbit hole of dissecting the pluses and minuses of Montana State's program structure, but at the end of the day, between their last NCAA tournament appearance in 1996 and now, they have finished literally in fourth or fifth place every year, but twice. That's crazy. Th- that's just where they're at, yeah. period. It doesn't matter if they're off to a 4-0 start, a 6-0 start, whatever. There's been a couple times where they've had real bad regressions. Brian Fish's first year, they had that year in when Ju- when Tyler Hall was a junior and Harold Frey was a sophomore where they started out 4-1 and in league play, and they ended up 6-12. and so they've had some some times where they dipped a little bit more and it finished like sixth, but that's just where they're at. And I think at some point, if they ever want to be anything other than that, they need to look at something besides the coach. Because if you've hired three coaches in a row that have gotten the exact same results, maybe it's not the coach. I, I think it's a great point. And Danny Sprinkle still, despite all of this and what we've said the last couple minutes, Sprinkle's doing a great job. I mean, with, with Sprinkle is doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, it's the not... The thing that sucks for the Cats, and this is it sucks for Montana too, but they, because they are such a volatile team, they're also incredibly exciting. I mean, the Cats, they're really fun to watch when the guards get it rolling because they play so fast-paced. Those guys, you never know what they're going to do. Both Adamu and Bishop are totally unorthodox in their style. It's just too bad they don't get to play in front of people because I think that they would be fan favorites at home, but I also think they would be fan-hated on the road, but that's sometimes one of the best things you can have. I think style of play in this league, there are four teams that are really, really fun to watch. For sure. The top three in the league, and I would say Montana State from the sense of style when they are rolling just with up and down the floor, which, again, the show this week and then next week when we're down in Boise with myself, you, Sean Rainey, everybody, it's going to be so fun breaking down these matchups because you're right. All of this is going to depend on the draw, and it'll be fun all week when there's a slower segment, keep start, starting to play hypotheticals because the matchup of a Montana State against a Southern Utah, that's intriguing. You know what else, too? The one that we keep looking at, a Southern Utah-Weber State semifinal could be dynamite. That could be first to 100 wins. We know Eastern Washington's fun to watch. It'll be a really fun Big Sky tournament, but it will, it will all depend on the matchups. And right now, for people that are not familiar with the standings, seeds four through eight right now are all decided by a game and a half. So everything can change from four through nine. We know who the top three are going to be, and we know who the bottom three are going to be. But everyone in between, it's up for grabs, and it's going to really define this bracket and kind of shake them, shake some things up depending on who gets to play each other and everything in between. 
Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank of Montana has 36 locations around the Treasure State. It's Montana Banking by Montanans. They don't plan on going anywhere else but this great state, so let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference today. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking member, FDIC. More Big Sky Conference talk, some scenarios, some all-conference picks. Where are we at as we're only a week now away from Boise? You're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Feel, things feel different today. It's March, the sun's oh, shining, Reese is well, playing fact, some upbeat music. The I fact that good. we see the sun for the first time in like six weeks. God, I, the, I love Missoula, Montana. It's my hometown. I grew up here. It's a beautiful place, wonderful community, one of the best places I've ever been. I often tell people I actually wish I didn't grow up here only because then I would think it was even cooler <laughs> since it wouldn't be my hometown. But either way, I love Missoula. But man, sometimes the middle of February, especially when you don't have... One of the best parts about living in the winter in Missoula, though, is you get your little outlet by going to Grizz Hoops games or Bobcat basketball games, and that's has not been the case when well, we get to go, but it's not the same thing. Usually you get to see all your buds. It's crazy, too, because people are like, oh, it must be really cool that you've been you know, let in. I, I can't stress enough, everyone terrible, out there, man. it's not the same. It is not even close to the same. Part, part of why we do this, and I'll just let people behind the curtain a little bit, when the national anthem's usually going, I, that's when I get revved up. I get chills and every because the crowd's there. You can feel the buzz. It's just not there this year. It feels like a glorified scrimmage sometimes, especially when you're in places where Pocatello, Sacramento, it feels Man. like there's literally a scrimmage going on. Man, there was a moment in the Idaho State game. By the way, you're listening to Nuanez now. 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez, as we march through the Montana Basketball Hour, presented proudly by Stockman Bank of Montana. There was a moment where, I can't remember who was shooting free throws, it might have been Brandon Whitney, were shooting free throws, and you could hear so clearly on the li- on the live stream, because there, I mean, how many people were there, like 50? I would say 50 the first day, maybe 100 the next day. You heard this person scream at the top of their lungs, your shoes look like ballet slippers. <laughs> Eddie Egan. <laughs> it Eddie was Egan's. so funny. But, I mean, that is one of the, the 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 one of the only good parts is the fact that you do get to hear some of the stuff on the court. Uh, the the coaches and the players jawed at each other a little bit, but it, it, it's not the same. I it's think not a substitute. If we ever wanted to know how much of an impact the emotions of an arena have on young people, 
this is this is the greatest display of it ever, man. And I think it's it's unfortunate that we've had to get to this point, but we are excited to head to the Big Sky Tournament next week in Boise, as well as the NCAA Tournament the following week. So uh, thanks to all of our great sponsors, Stockman Bank included. Nick Tabor, Westpac Wealth, is going to help out sending us there. Crawford's Automotive as well. Kyle Tyler Express Lube uh, as well. So thank, And Aspen Sound, of course, too. So thanks to all of our great sponsors for sending us on our tournament takeover, both in Boise next week and uh, to the NCAA tournament here in Indianapolis in a couple weeks. Let's talk Big Sky standing. So I'll give you a quick rundown here before we do scenarios. The, the thing that's been so intriguing to me about analyzing this stuff is a lot of times you just have to project via the eye test because there's no way to compare via records because everybody's played a different amount of games. So here we are right now with Eastern Washington and Southern Utah tied atop the league in the loss column, but Eastern Washington has one more league win. So Eastern is 11-2, and two, Southern Utah is 10-2. and two. Weber State has played more games than both those squads. They are 11-3. and three. You have Idaho State and Montana State tied for fourth at 7-5. and five. Portland State is 6-6. Six and six. Northern Colorado, 6-7. Six and seven. Montana, 7-9. and nine. Sac State, 4-8. and eight. NAU, 4-10. And, and Idaho, the team that has played the most conference games, unfortunately sits at 1-17 in league play. I think, Riley, we actually haven't had much movement to me in terms of those top three teams. I think Southern Utah established themselves as a contender right out the gate. I think the Eastern Washington, now that they've gotten some uh, some flow to their schedule, they've won nine in a row, and I think that they look like the, the preseason favorite that everybody predicted. And Weber State is uh, obviously reloaded a lot better than they were a year ago. And so to me, I think those three teams are sort of interchangeable right now. I think they are too, especially on a neutral floor in Boise. Yes, I mean, Eastern Washington on paper, yep, they, they are the favorite. But if you're going to tell me that... It's not out of the question. Southern Utah, Weber State. Southern Utah went up to Cheney and put up 99 points on Eastern and won. Right. And if Weber plays Eastern, that could be a fun back-and-forth game. So, yes, Eastern on paper is the favorite, but either of those three teams, it would not surprise me in the slightest if any of them won. After seeing all of them in person, they passed the eye test. Coulter, it's not even close, in my opinion, the top three compared to everyone else. I also think that stylistically, I think it's a lot easier to sell to your players this season specifically because there is no fans winning via offense, not defense. And that's where you have these three teams. These three, these three teams are all in the top 15 in the country in scoring. They're just rolling the ball out there and trying to outscore you. I mean, we're used to seeing conference games in the 70s. The conference games with these two teams are always in the 80s and a lot of times when they play each other in the 90s. So I think that's the other fascinating factor is Eastern's been like that since Jim Hayford was at Eastern. They want to be, they just want to outscore you. That's what they want to do. And that's why they've had a fascinating rivalry with Montana. And that's why Montana, Travis DeCure has had... Uh, the last laugh, so to speak, when he can say defense wins championships because defense has won championships against Eastern Washington. That said, now you have two teams that can really outscore anybody and uh, in Southern Utah and Weber State, so I think that that's going to be a fascinating fold just depending on the matchup. I just think that, I think right now, I still think that there's four teams that could win the tournament. I know that people think that I'm crazy because I've been ripping Montana to shreds for the duration of the year. I still think they could win the tournament. I still do because there's just going to be that watershed moment where it clicks and they've shown flashes of how good they can be. I mean, they beat Weber State. They buckled down, you know, and so I just I think that they're in the mix. But to me, I think between those other three teams, 
it's 100% about matchups because I think that the bracket is going to play out where two of those three teams, Eastern Washington, Southern Utah, and Weber State, are going to play in the semifinals. So one has to lose. Eastern Washington, let's play a, a fun, I'm going to go right through. I'm going to, we're going to switch roles here for these three rapid fire questions, okay? okay? Worst opponent to play in Boise for the top three teams, Eastern Washington, worst opponent to play. Montana. Because of the mental edge the Grizzlies have over Eastern Washington and because Travis Secure was, um, Less than pleased after the Eastern Washington game. So I think that his team will be incredibly motivated if they get that matchup again. I, the Grizzlies are going to have to win a game or two to get there. But I, I think that that's the team you don't want to play if you're Eastern because you did take it to Montana so handily. And, and maybe it's something that lingers in the young guys' minds and they can't get over the hump. But I just feel like Coach Secure will totally have those guys revved and say, hey, you remember when we got our butts whipped in Cheney? Let's not let that happen again. Nothing to lose for Montana in that situation. Yeah. Eastern thinks they got to win by 20. I agree with you on Eastern. Southern Utah, who's their worst matchup? That's a really tough one because I think that the, the biggest advantage Southern Utah has is their veteran backcourt. The fact that Dre Marine and um, John Knight, the third, are both seniors, and then Tavion Jones is a, a junior as well. I think that just from a pure experience standpoint, Montana State could give Southern Utah some troubles. We didn't, we've not, haven't gotten to see that matchup yet. I think that Southern Utah presses a fair amount. That's the biggest advantage the Bobcats have had. Their biggest outbursts have been when teams have pressed them. It's why they swept Portland State. It's why they beat UNLV. And so I think that they could take care of that Southern Utah press. That said, the biggest. Achilles' heel for Montana State is Xavier Bishop's on-ball defense, and John Knight the third is the best downhill guard in the league. We saw it the first two conference games of the year. Southern Utah basically just ran clear out for John Knight and let him go at Montana's freshman guards, and so you wonder if that's a big advantage as well. Southern Utah is like sort of the anomaly, right? Because um, here's my biggest take on Southern Utah. I think the worst opponent for Southern Utah at the Big Sky Tournament is themselves. Oh, interesting. Because, like because we've seen this before. The teams that are perennially there that know how to navigate the schedule, we're going to go to – I know I know it's not going to be as much in the arena, fraternizing, whatever. But we've seen this multiple times where the team that's like the unlikely team that got the seed, Idaho State comes to mind a couple of years ago when they had Ethan Telfair. Because I'll never forget that game against For Mexico. sure, because you have the usually if you get the bye, you're there early. And I, I, again, the, the COVID scenarios might actually help a team like Southern Utah has never been there before. Because I know State, for example, they're in a position they haven't been in before where they got a bye. And Ethan Telfer gets newcomer of the year in the league, and they have multiple all league players, and Bill Evans wins coach of the year. And the way that the media rollout sort of works. Each day you're getting a new accolade, a new award, and you're in the arena, you're watching games. Everybody's patting you on the back and shaking your hand, and good job, Coach Evans, good job, Telfair. And this was when it was in Reno, too, so there was you know a lot of extracurriculars going on leading up to the games and stuff like that as well. And uh, I just think that that could be a massive distraction if you're not ready for it. Like, for, And every team treats it differently, too, and I don't know how Southern Utah is going to treat it, but like I know, for example, with Montana, Travis Secure, his team gets there later than anybody. They are not sitting in the arena watching games. The coaches go scout. The players focus on their task at hand. And I just think that sometimes all the different mental scenarios that could come from watching games, watching the action, watching the upsets, watching all that stuff, it gets in your head as an athlete. 
I think that the, the the keep the kids out of the arena thing is actually a really smart strategy because I mean, like in the women's tournament, there was that one year where number one Montana State loses on a three quarter court buzzer beater to number nine Idaho State, and it just the, the, was the first domino to a day full of massive upsets because all of a sudden now the other teams, the underdogs in the arena, they see that you can do it, and it starts to build. So so in Utah, I think handling having a buy for the first time, handling being one of the top teams there. Because it's been the opposite the last four years, right? So then Utah has come in as the underdog who's going to wreck the whole thing. And they've thing. had great success. And they've done it. Exactly. So how do they embrace being the, the top dog? Because I am i don't want to come off as a homer, but you can make the argument Southern Utah probably wouldn't want to see Montana either. Two one-point games no earlier question. in December. So, But yes, I agree. Their biggest opponents themselves. They are 17-3 and three overall, 10-2 and two in conference play, and 14-0 and oh at home. So before we go any further, I feel like sometimes we might dismiss Southern Utah, you know, that we think Eastern and Weber State. Southern Utah deserves a, a ton of credit. Oh, for sure. And they are legitimately a top three team. Oh, they're good. We, we just don't have the backing that an Eastern or Weber does so we don't quite believe in them yet, but they absolutely deserve to be in this conversation. Final question, final one on this little one is Weber State. Who do they not want to see in Boise? Well, I think that Montana is the team that's beat them most recently, but I do, I still do think the answer is Eastern Washington for one factor. Both these teams can really score. Eastern shoots the three way better. And I think that's, if you're getting into an up and down track meet where it's going to be you know, in the 80s and 90s, Eastern just has those couple X-factor type guys. That's where Eastern can fall. Uh, they, can, they can pivot to such better role players than anybody else. They have guys like Tyler Robertson and Jack Perry who, if they haven't shot the ball in two weeks, they still are ready to shoot and knock down a shot. That's a tough spot to be in if you're an un- inexperienced or unproven guy. But a guy like Jack Perry, he's been a starter at Eastern for years, and now he's not, but he's still ready to go. And he is, oh, I mean, he is like the biggest little pest. He, he He's going to hit a couple shots, and it makes the other team mad, and it gets them into this emotional turmoil. So uh, I do. I think that... Uh, I think that Eastern has a little bit of an advantage over Weber just because they can shoot the ball a little bit better. Final question before we go to break. This is great. I like this rapid fire. We have to do this more often. Weber State or Montana has been in the Big Sky Conference Championship game nine of the last ten years. Will that continue? To be determined because I think <laughs> I think it really just it, it all has to do with what the seeds are. So I can ask you on Monday in Boise next week, I, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, because okay. I think there's a scenario in which Eastern and Weber get seeded together. That would take probably, what, an Idaho State upsetting Eastern Washington? Yes. But there is a scenario where Eastern and Weber could play in the... Uh, Two, three. In the semis, yeah. yeah. Um, I just I think that the Grizz are going to have a hard time getting to the championship unless they get a bye. But that is in front of them. They could get a bye. We haven't seen on the men's side where a team has won three games to get to the championship, right? Correct. We've seen it on the women's side twice. Idaho State's done it twice. But then they... Two of the most lackluster championship games I've ever seen because they were just flat out of gas. Four games in four days is nearly impossible. It's nearly impossible, especially in this given year. So uh, you are listening to Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Riley Corcoran in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez, as he is each and every Monday. As Montana's brand of banking, Stockman Bank, proud sponsor of Grizz and Bobcat Athletics. Good luck to both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats in the Big Sky Basketball Tournaments. And thanks to all of the players for their hard work, dedication, and sacrifice this season. Stockman Bank, Montana brand of banking. Remember FDIC, all-conference picks, and more around the Big Sky in hoops 
on Nuanez Now right after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Hope you're having a great Monday. Thanks for riding home with us on 1029 ESPN Missoula. You're listening to Nuanez Now, the one-stop shop for all things sports around the Treasure State each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you want to get a hold of us, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. You can call or text that number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez, as he is each and every Monday. And we are now presenting the Montana Basketball Hour. This is the first hour of each Monday show where we give you all things Montana basketball. Really Big Sky Conference heavy this week because uh, the tournament, the Big Sky Tournament in Boise, is on the horizon. So we're going to tack a little... All conference teams now, Riley. I know that we still have one weekend left of regular season play. I think that there's several guys that have affirmed themselves as maybe all conference guys. And I think that this league, this year in the league, though, there's a lot more muddy gray area for the all conference teams than there has ever been before. So uh, let's start with a couple of guys that I think that we will certainly agree on. Uh, you, you go ahead. What are your your um, your th- sort of surefire all-conference pick. See, that's the thing. There's a couple different categories, and I think when we get muddied down the water with second team, third team, it gets really interesting. I mean, you could throw yeah. 20 guys that are going, and 10 of them are going to be honored, and you can make a case for all of them. To me, as far as the first team at the top, there are three guys that I think are no-doubters. Number one would be Tanner Groves from Eastern Washington, 17 points, eight rebounds per game. He's their, he's their guy, and he is. it almost seems like when you watch their team, and you've watched them enough now, too, where they make a point to feed the big fella. And everybody sure. loves it when the big fella gets going. For so sure. he's almost, I mean, team captain, everything in between. So I think Tanner Groves would be my MVP as well. It's the total lost art of, particularly in this league too, but just in college basketball in general, of recruiting the number one skill for a big guy, not athleticism, not how high you can jump, but your motor. Want to. Your motor. How hard do you play? And think about the string of big guys Eastern's had. When those guys also can run and jump, they're some of the best players in the last 10 years in the league, like Jake Wiley and Vanky Joyce. But if they can't, but they still play with a high motor, they can still be MVP of the league. Mason Peatling is not that tremendous of an athlete. He's just a hard-nosed dude who's just going to outwork you. And Groves is the same way. Groves has developed athletically at an incredibly high level. When he first got there, he was very clunky. He was very uncoordinated. He was very unathletic. He now can really jump. He can really run. He's tough. I, I mean, I think he's grown. When he's coming out of high school, I think they listed him at 6'8". He's a true 6'10 now. 
And so they've done a great job developing him, but his motor sets the tone for everything that they do. And he's number one to me. He would be the MVP, but it's not like a no-doubt MVP this year. The other two guys I would put in the for-sures. Let's go by categories here. This will be fun. The for-sure category... Isaiah Brown from Weber State didn't have a really good game against Montana when the Grizz won, but his body of work, he's consistent. 18 points per contest, transfer from Grand Canyon, Northwestern. He's been the leading scorer for one of the top three teams in the league all year. He gets the nod for me, and the other one is Kim Aiken Jr. And Kim Aiken Jr. is one where maybe his stats might not seem like a no-doubter, but you right. watch that guy play. He's averaging a double-double. He To me, those are the top three, and I... I really couldn't put anyone else in that for sure category, but I'd be really curious what you think. So for me, it'd be Groves, Brown, and Aiken are the for sure that are the top three. We'll get to the others, but those are for sure the top three. Yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how the MVP votes play out as well because while Groves is the ignition for Eastern Washington, he's the high motor guy that gets them going. He's putting up the best numbers. I think Kim Aiken's actually the most important player on their team, and I think that their team would tell you he is their defined leader. And so you just wonder, you know, I know Aiken's not putting up as big as stats, particularly scoring as Groves, but I think that he has exerted his will at a higher level in certain weekends when they've had to have it. I mean, he was the Big Sky Player of the Week twice in a row against big-time opponents. And so, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Could you out. compare that to a Rory Ogine, where maybe Ahmad sure. put up more points, but maybe Mike, glue guy at times. So This is a total tangent, but I still cannot, for the life of me, it is the biggest failure in the history of the Big Sky Conference in any all-conference award that Mike Ogine was never a first-team all-conference player. It's, that, it's, it's ridiculous. Yes, it's He's one of the greatest players I've ever watched at Montana. I get that he was overshadowed by a certain amount of things, but... The dude was, what, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. He's The no, tournament MVP. The tournament MVP. He's the most versatile guard, the best rebounder, the best perimeter defender. He buys into his role better than anybody. He's the best energy guy. He's the best athlete. I mean, we go on and on and on. I know that I'm preaching to the choir for people that are listening in, Mo- in Montana and around, and especially in Missoula, because he was for sure a fan favorite as well. But uh, here nor there, I think a lot of times, though, we get – Caught up on stats. I just I thought that there were some of those Grizz teams where they should have got multiple first team all league guys, and Ogine absolutely should have been one of them. Isaiah Brown, no doubt. I, I think Isaiah Brown's no doubt. Yeah, I th- I think for sure he's made a huge impact in the league. I think he also maybe might be a front runner for newcomer of the year in the league as well. Okay, I've got. A, I think yeah, if he doesn't get newcomer. I don't know. It's actually pretty big. He could be both, right? He could be first team and newcomer. Then he probably will be the newcomer there, at least someone from Weber State. Is there anyone else that you think deserves to be a no-doubt first team, right? We agree on those top three guys. Yeah, I mean, Southern Utah spreads it out a lot. And, I mean, honestly, the top three teams, they score so much that they all spread it out a lot. I think that um, there's no one really that has been a first team all caliber, all, all league caliber guy on Weber to me, other than Isaiah Brown. I think that Eastern is the same scenario. The fact that the preseason league MVP Jacob Davison is not even in this conversation whatsoever and, because of so many different factors. And his role's a big question mark right now. For sure. I, I'm in the camp. I think that he's maybe relegated to, he's number seven or number eight right now. His number may be called, but Coulter, they've proven they can win without him and not that, I mean, Nothing against Davidson, but it's the rest of the team. They sure. play better without him. I, I think sure. his role is kind of defined by this point. I mean, Michael Meadows has put up the exact same stats, So, and they've been winning. <laughs> so I, I don't know don't how— Don't fix it if it ain't broke. I don't know how you really get into the the, uh, the conversation there. Um, I, think that, I think that you're right. I think that that's kind of the cutoff, and then I think we have like 10 to 12 guys that are sort of all— 
in the same conversation. And two of them are going to be first team. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue this on the other side, and we're also going to talk about your Big Sky football as well. You have been listening to the Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout the state of Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. When you bank with Stockman Bank, you receive personalized customer service, and their highly skilled and personal bank staff is dedicated to making it easy for you to do anything and everything you need, whether it's personal, financial, commercial, whatever kind of banking you need. Stockman Bank blends traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. They provide time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Member FDIC. Hour one in the books. Hour two, Nuana is now coming at you hot. 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. More on the other sort of influx all-conference nominees for Big Sky Conference men's basketball, as well as a roundup of everything that happened in the Big Sky Conference in football right after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 